Inside the Gamecocks podcast, J.C. Sherbert with you. Emergency podcast. I don't have the siren effect, but uh, I don't think you guys care. I don't think you care about the intro. Uh, had to trash today's episode. I was just about to put it up, and then major breaking news. Uh, so for those of you that, um, you know, uh, had some uh, questions for the iHelp Consulting Mailbag, I'll get to those in tomorrow's episode. A lot of them were about this topic, though. Uh, Gamecocks. We told you they wanted to land a transfer portal quarterback. Uh, there were some names out there for a while, uh, and the Gamecocks landed, um, at least from a uh, publicity standpoint, probably a, a raw talent standpoint, too. Uh, Spencer Rattler, former five-star quarterback, uh, state of Arizona prospect, was a Heisman contender at Oklahoma, uh, left after getting beat out by Caleb Williams this year. Lots of smoke around his commitment and, and, and his interest in the Gamecocks recently. And the Gamecocks also got Austin Stogner, which is also a really big commit. Like, folks, uh, Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks beat Ohio State on this kid. Uh, and I've said many times, uh, sometimes when you see the transfer portal crystal balls these days, uh, some of our guys just kind of automatically gravitate towards the biggest brand. Uh, and uh, so with this uh, commitment, uh, there you go. Brand doesn't always uh, win out. So uh, gigantic uh, <laughs> additions at two positions of need. I'm going to bring in Hale McGranahan, uh, my guy from the bigspur.com. We, we talk about Hale all the time. Hale, yes. Uh, he was way out in front of this story tonight. And uh, Hale, uh, just your general thoughts about these two pickups, man. I mean, uh, we talked about the portal a lot. The portal giveth, the portal taketh away, but it sure gave to the Gamecocks uh, this evening. Yeah, I I don't even really know how to how to start uh, trying to sum it all up because it's I mean it, it came together kind of quickly this evening, at least with what I was able to report and move forward with with saying that, that it looked like Spencer Rattler and Austin Stogner uh, could be coming to South Carolina. And uh, fortunately for our readers on the site, they, they had an idea something was happening. And, and I don't know that, that we even knew that it was, it was going to be happening tonight uh, up until pretty close to before, before the, the tweets and Instagram posts went out from those two guys. But just gigantic, massive, massive news. I, I, as far as like biggest news since I've been covering South Carolina since 2016, like this in terms of like guys committing this, this tops tops it all, and I guess we can get into that later on. But but as far as what Rattler brings to the table, he's incredible talent. I mean, when you're a number one quarterback prospect coming out of high school, it's it's there for a reason. And he, <laughs> it was kind of funny to me when I was looking back through his profile, trying to to get a story pre written and ready on on Rattler, and saw he was the number one dual, or uh, excuse me pro style quarterback in the country, and I was like, well. This guy's pretty pretty good with his legs too. I don't know why he's not a dual wasn't a dual threat, but I guess that's why twenty four seven did away with with this because mm-hmm. uh, it's all the same. Year, so. He he was getting you yeah. know around that time Kyler Murray was being projected as the number one pick in the draft, and uh, if you remember, he was at Oklahoma, and I think a lot of people thought next Kyler Murray and. Uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I was glad that that's one of the things I'm glad they did away with because I, I think that you know these days. You know, in college, your better quarterbacks all have legs, and really in the pros too. I mean, Patrick Mahomes uh, is probably one of the best quarterbacks in the country. I mean, in, in the NFL, right? And 
he does some things with his legs and uh, certainly Kyler Murray, who I, I listed and, and all that. But yeah, uh, probably a wealth of material uh, to look up for this guy. And, uh, you know, and I, I, I've been pretty clear. I don't I don't have a problem with the FCS transfers and the, the group of five transfers last year. But, it, you know, I would imagine it was probably a little easier to get some info for your article on Rattler than than some of those guys. Uh, like uh, uh, Carlin Splatel, who came from Assumption, who probably didn't have much media. Right, yeah, certainly plenty out there to digest on Spencer Rattler. Shoot, even Stogner, too, who's, I think, second team all Big 12 in 2020, playing under Shane Beamer as his position coach, uh, who's, what, like 6'4", 6'5", 250 pounds, runs well <laughs> for a guy that big and, and has incredible ball skills. Probably would be getting ready to uh, to go to the league uh, if – if he was, if he didn't have this health issue uh, as a result of, of an injury, I think it was during a game that kind of set him back a little ways. So, uh, you know, I, I think back to, to last year around this time after Beamer first got hired, JC, and, and you know, our, our readers at the Big Spur, all they could talk about was well, who's Beamer going to get to come with them. And, and I think there was some disappointment for some folks uh, that they didn't get anybody from Oklahoma last year. Um, but, Shoot, sure enough, this year with uh, Lincoln Riley going to Southern Cal and and things playing out the way they did for for Rattler and Caleb Williams at Oklahoma, um, I guess a, a little late, but uh, better late than never is what I'm sure a lot of a lot of folks out there in Gamecock country are, are saying tonight. It's uh, it's something, man. It's wow. I, it's it's crazy, crazy to think that uh, that we're sitting here having this conversation about these two guys. Two days before the early signing period, by the way. Yeah, no doubt. Spencer Rattler, uh, assuming he wins the starting quarterback job at South Carolina, he will be the first state of Arizona product to start at quarterback for the Gamecocks. It's Mike Hold. Uh, I think Mike Hold took his last snap in 1985. Of course, he was on that really good 1984 team, the 10-2 and Black Magic year. Uh, He was from Arizona. So – uh, it's been kind of few and far between. I remember the Gamecocks uh, under Spurrier, they recruited a running back named Jamal Womble, I think, out of the state of Arizona. But really, you know, Gamecocks don't do a whole lot of uh, recruiting out there, obviously. I think with the portal these days, though, uh, and, 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 Hale, you've been all over it. The Gamecocks, you know, got a linebacker out of Mississippi this morning, uh, Stone Blanton. I'm going to ask you about him in a second. They got a uh, defensive end out of uh, D.C. Uh, or linebacker, I'm sorry, Baltimore, uh, just Jay Sean Barham. Uh, Landon Sampson's coming in from Texas. So it, it, this group uh, Shane Beamer has, they're, they're not afraid to really expand the base, which when you kind of look at what North Carolina's doing in North Carolina and Virginia and, you know, of course, the, the in-state crowd, I think, this year, Hale, and, and, and used to cover Clemson, uh, you know, you've got two guys from Greenville County, and two receivers, uh, you know, Clemson's usually going to win that battle, right? Uh, as unfortunate as the Antonio Williams thing was for South Carolina. But, you know, you got to go somewhere to get guys. And uh, I, I think that's part of being good at recruiting is, uh, you know, maybe sometimes you have to expand the base. Uh, maybe sometimes you have to knock on some doors you're, that as a program, maybe they're not used to doing. Uh, and when you have success, it, it's extra sweet because all those plane trips and uh, I'm not saying they flew to Arizona to see this kid or anything uh, with Rattler. It kind of evolved a different way. But, 
you know, those plane trips to Baltimore and all that certainly pay off when you're able to bring home the bacon. Yeah, I think uh, technically the last guy out of Arizona, even though he's originally from Compton, California, L.A. area is his home, be Keyson Nixon. He was yeah. at Arizona, Arizona Western Community College or Junior College, whatever it's called, uh, back in, what, 2017, I guess it would have been. So uh, there's, there's your, your last, pre, or I should say previous Arizona uh, connection for, for South Carolina on the recruiting trail. Um, but yeah, you, you mentioned Stone Bland and Jason Barn coming in, you know, those, those are two, two really nice pieces to add to the, to the front seven. And Barm's a guy who he'll play, you know, defensive end slash outside linebacker or edge buck, whatever you want to call him, and, and help fill a need there when, when they're losing Kingsley and Barre and, and Aaron Sterling, uh, from, from that starting 11 from this year's team. And, uh, you know, they had a couple guys, have a couple guys in the class currently that are, you know, edge type players, but maybe not quite as big a player, like th- literally physically uh, as big as Barm, who's like six, three and a half and like two thirty five, maybe depending on, on what he had for breakfast. Um, <laughs> and Bland, Bland's, a, you know, kind of, I hate to say he's a bit of a throwback because, you know, that's, that's the signal for like, hey, he's a white guy. <laughs> but you know he's like he's he's like six one two thirty five, and just physical as all hell, and and uh, you know middle Dude. linebacker all day. He he's he's fun to watch those highlights. He he destroys some of those private school kids out there in Mississippi. But <laughs> just yeah, he tees off on them, man. I, I I saw I saw one today or a play in particular where uh, the running back is going in the opposite direction, or maybe it's a screen pass. And he reads it and comes up like you see this blur coming in off the left of your screen. He just obliterates this kid. I felt bad for the guy, but yeah, Stone Blanton, uh, who obviously was committed to Mississippi State for baseball, uh, I picked up a little intel on him this weekend, and you and I were talking. And uh, uh, the more I thought about that conversation I had with my source, and and kind of the more I was reading the tea leaves, I, I felt better and better uh, about it. And then last night, of course, uh, our Mississippi State crowd said, ah, yep, South Carolina's getting him. So that's, uh, that's a big deal. People don't really understand sometimes the state of Mississippi, probably for the past 10 years, has been relatively difficult for out-of-state programs to go get players out of it. And I'm talking high school, not junior college. Uh, high school, you know, Mississippi, Mississippi State kind of upped the ante, uh, I guess, a few years back. And you'll have one that goes to Alabama or a couple that go to LSU every now and then. Uh, of course, Nicobe Dean, who's a freak, uh, goes to Georgia. He's from Mississippi. But um, it's not as easy as maybe it once was when that state was sort of hemorrhaging players. Uh, so, you know, it says something when you're able to go uh, to Madison, Mississippi, uh, and get a player uh, like that. All right, so so back to Rattler. So, so uh, for those that aren't members of the BigSpur.com but do listen to the the – podcast and and we love you guys too uh every monday night hale and john whittle and occasionally some of the other ones of us will contribute but uh it's primarily those two they put together a big piece called the vip room uh and so i I look on the site tonight hale and i say and it's like transfer portal update this could not wait for the vip room so you know you see you gave him a little teaser on it and uh so just tell me Tell me kind of how it unfolded. What made you decide to go ahead and uh, stick that out there and, uh, and, and all that good stuff. 
Yeah, I mean, oddly enough, as I was sitting down to start writing some of what I had formulated uh, in my mind about uh, what I wanted to have for the VIP room, I, I got a got hit up by by one of my contacts and uh, and <laughs> more or less said, "Yeah, Spencer Rattler and Austin Stogner are, are coming. Like it's it's happening." And <laughs> It wasn't it wasn't a done deal. Like the way it was framed to me, it was like like there there's still some stuff that has to come together. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't really know what it is, frankly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what I, I, maybe it was just like a couple conversations, like between Rattler and Stogner, to say, "All right, we're doing this, right? You ready? Yeah, tonight. You good? You don't have anything going on? We can do it tonight. Okay, let's call coach." Like that could all that, that might have been all there was to it for all I know. Um, then, you know, sure enough, I can't remember the exact timeline. I have to get back and look at my phone. Uh, but yeah, within the next or the following hour or two, I got, got more confirmation. Like, yeah, Rattler's coming. He just, he just, uh, <laughs> he basically, he just committed. So uh, it, it's happening either tonight or tomorrow. And, you know, I was trying to help my wife fix dinner and eat a little ah. bit with her and work on a pre-write for, for Rattler and um, try to try to get something going with Stogner all the while trying to get the VIP room out. And I've got Whittle over here telling me if these guys could just wait till at least 8.30 so we can add a little bit more to the VIP room, that would be great. And sure enough, they, they gave us till, till about 9, I think it was, when, when they started sending out their their tweets and Instagram posts saying they're from <laughs> Carolina. So they, without knowing it, they did us a solid. So uh, appreciate it for those, from those guys for uh, letting us get out of another little something for our, our folks at the big spur. Um, but yeah, we, you know, we heard, I guess it was last week. Yeah. It was last week. It was about Wednesday. Whittle had heard something about somebody, somebody told him they'd seen Rattler on campus at South Carolina. And, and, uh, so I'd ch- I did some checking around and I was told he was not on campus, but did hear that he had a virtual visit set up later that night, actually with South Carolina. Uh, so we we're, we we're out able to put that news out there first as well and kind of be ahead of things there. And, and like you alluded to a little while ago, JC, uh, uh we, you know, continued to hear a little bit more here and there, uh, on those, or I guess and with Rattler to be specific and yeah, just sort of kind of pieces fell into place as we we're reporting the news and, and sort of culminated in tonight and, and these guys doing it. It's, you know, I, I don't want to make this too much about us, but uh, I'm, I'm going to pat ourselves, pat us on the back. We, we did a hell of a job <laughs> reporting this stuff for our readers and, Anyway, yeah. anyone who is listening to the big to this podcast right now is not subscribed to the Big Spur. Like, I mean, you would have been able to read this stuff. Yeah, you'd have known it was coming. You'd have, you'd have had a heads up. Um, all right, so all right, so I'm gonna we'll go back in time a little bit because this is kind of it's kind of a funny story. Uh, while we're on the subject of of what we do and all that, um, and then we're gonna kind of get into the nitty gritty with the football. Um, so. Obviously, Antonio Williams committing to Clemson on Friday night was not a welcome development. <laughs> uh, arguably, the guy that the Gamecocks 
uh, recruited the hardest at receiver, uh, in-state guy. When Eric Kimry first got there, the Justin Step followed him. That those that was the guy they circled. You know, for a lot of reasons, you want to you kind of want to turn the tide at Dutch Fork, which is uh, now one of the state's premier programs. They have players every year. There was the Jalen Hyatt issue. You know, uh, Kimry went to Dutch Fork. You know, and they get right in it, and it goes for a long, long time. And, and, and the stars looked like they were lining for Carolina because Ole Miss was a factor, but then Ole Miss kind of filled up at receiver. Auburn was a factor, but it was Mike Bobo leading the charge, and, and, and Mike Bobo left and got fired. Uh, so, so you know, you kind of go in thinking, oh, Carolina, you know, Clemson hadn't offered, but the whole time we're like, uh, Clemson, you know, as long as they don't offer, everything's good. So then Clemson offers. But then you don't hear much. You know, you still think Carolina's in good shape. The game pass are doing well. They're angling to get the last in-home visit. And then all of a sudden you hear he's completely shut it down. He's not been talking to the Gamecock staff. The in-home with Beamer is off. Beamer didn't even get an in-home. And then he tweets that he's committed to Clemson Friday night. All right, so that's bad. Okay, and that's on top of a, another basketball season that started with a 24-point loss. That's on top of uh, getting shut out by Clemson uh, on the grid. I mean, it was just kind of your typical deja vu Gamecock experience, right? And finally, you're kind of the bridesmaid uh, with the local guys. But I thought at the time, and, and the last podcast I released actually was good news, bad news. Uh, because earlier that week, uh, we were told we're, we're getting Jay Sean Barham. Uh, the Gamecocks are getting Jay Sean Barham. So uh, that's a good pickup, right, out of Baltimore. Um, not a receiver, but, you know, you kind of figure they'll go to the portal. All right, so then, hell, <laughs> I'm at the bar, okay? <laughs> I'll just be honest. I, I'm, like, up there watching some uh, Army-Navy Right, watch the Army Navy game with my girlfriend, and uh, one of the bar owners up here where we live is, is a, a Navy graduate. He actually was on the '84 Navy team that upset South Carolina. So he gives me oh, crap. Right. He gives me crap sometimes for my Gamecock stuff. But he's a good guy. And he always has Navy gear for everybody, so I get to go get a free sweatshirt, whatever. And uh, and I didn't leave till the bar until you know right around oh I don't know noon. When, when I get a text from Brian Doan, our, our, our Northeast analyst for 24-7 Sports, that says, Barham's going to Maryland. <laughs> and that, in our business, y'all, that, that's like Meltdown City because that's like, a, that's like an 11th hour switch, right? And so things get a little tough. <laughs> And uh, uh, it wasn't a good day. And then all of a sudden, Jay Sean Barham, after all that, uh, actually uh, commits to the Gamecocks an hour later, uh, an hour after his scheduled announcements. The Gamecocks actually flipped him back. Um, And then you got Stone Blanton today. And on top of that, you have this news tonight. So, hell, what does that tell you about how quickly things can change in this business? Uh, at the drop of a hat or real quick, I don't know, whatever sounds better is not as cliche. I don't know, man. It's, it's crazy. Uh, but that's, that's part of it. That's, that's, I think why you and I both do this and have fun doing it and why so many people read about it and talk about it and want to listen to people talk about it and and all that. It's, uh, 
it's a real life soap opera, man. Uh, reality TV at its finest, for sure. And, and it's uh, it's a little it's a little frustrating at times to say the least. That was frankly, I was pretty pissed Saturday once the dust had settled and could move forward with my plans for the, the afternoon and evening. Just because it was like, you know, you, you, you think something's going to happen and, and you hear it's something else is going to happen and, you, you know, you're reporting it all the way all along. And you're not yeah. being wrong, quote unquote. Uh, so that's, that's the frustrating part uh, on my end of things. But, uh, you know, it's, it's still at the end of the day. I mean, it's, it's not work. It's, it's, uh, I mean, it's a job at times, but, uh, I'm sitting here wearing sweatpants talking to you right now on, on a computer. <laughs> about football it's it's a it's pretty cool man and uh you know <clears throat> moments like this when when you're when you're covering a team and i think back you mentioned when i, I covered clemson i think back to the robert kimdichi when he committed to clemson I, I oh, wow. chad simmons chad simmons and i were both working for scout at the time and talking about that he's like he's like you know what you're, you're always gonna remember when what you were doing and, and how you were covering the, the number one player in the country and committing to the team you cover and i was like yeah I do, and I I remember where I was and what was happening, and uh, sort of the the fallout that that came with that. Uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's fun, man, and uh, I, I don't really know where I'm going with it other than to say that uh, that it's it's always always a good time when when you get to to follow the the ones that, that people really care about. I mean, no offense to the. The, the kids who are kind of local and sort of fly under the radar and aren't big time prospects uh, on the website and don't get a ton of, don't have a ton of offers. Um, you know, those are fun to cover too. And, and you try just as hard to, to do those, do those right. And uh, give those kids their, their, you know, their attention and, and, and make sure the readers uh, of the site uh, know everything there is to know about them. But uh, these are a little different. <laughs> <laughs> the last couple of days, whether it's the two guys this evening from Oklahoma or Stone Bland or Jason Barm on Saturday or hell, even Antonio Williams, even though he didn't come to South Carolina, we still covered him. And uh, there, there's still a story to tell with him, too. So it's fun. It's fun, man. Exactly. Fun. And, and like you said, we could be working for a living. You know, I could have to, you know, get up at five and go punch a clock you know, instead of doing this. So this, this is, this is very fun. And, and, you know, covering this program too, it, it's, it's, it's a program that sort of needed something big and good to happen. Um, and getting a quarterback like this is good. Uh, all right. So, so, and I don't want to get into the offensive coordinator thing today. I've, I'll get into that later this week and <laughs> kind of the fit. I've kind of said some things about that, uh, but, you know, I, I have to think, uh, that Spencer Rattler is probably the odds-on favorite to win the job right now. Uh, and we do have one of our, our listeners that tweeted at us, Hale, uh, cocky faithful, uh, that says um, he kind of got into it with some people. I'm still a Doty believer, but let the best man win. Uh, and I'm going to say this, and I'll let you you, you kind of address this. I don't think that this has anything to do with Luke Doty. And, and I think one of the most unfortunate things around Carolina with when it comes to Luke is, is nobody really wants to give him a chance to breathe. Uh, they want him to be a superstar right now. Uh, and you have to think about the 2020 season. He's learning Mike Bobo's offense, which is, you know, 
probably not as complicated as the one they tried to run this year, but it's still a college offense and uh, a little more complex than than the one they ran at Myrtle Beach. He's thrown into the the daggum uh, fray at the end uh, on a team that was gutted. Uh, and then he comes out this year. He looks like the starter, and he, and he suffers a broken foot. Um, it just really looks sort of cattywampus playing on that foot all year uh, in this system. I, I don't think it's a bad idea because, I, you know, Spencer Rattler comes and does his job this year and plays like he's supposed to play. He's one and done. All right, because he was going to be one and done this year uh, had he won the Heisman at Oklahoma and things worked out. Uh, I don't think it's a bad thing, Hale, if Luke Doty spends a season completely healthy as the number two quarterback at South Carolina, learning the position a little bit more. I, I just I don't see how that does anything uh, but help him uh, with his development. And I think, you know, people either want to anoint him as a Heisman Trophy contender uh, or, or they want to, like, trash him and, and say he's no good. Uh, I think he just needs some time. Uh, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, and you didn't mention uh, how he had, had that little experiment last year playing wide receiver. Yeah, um, no doubt. Going into the season and for, you know, the first part of the season, then that kind of just ended. And, yeah, so – and by the time he actually got to play on the field, the team was a show of itself. They didn't have a full-time head coach, and the, it was just a train wreck of a season. Like, they talk about opting out, like – South Carolina football should have opted out after Will Muschamp got fired because that <laughs> that was just atrocious, atrocious. And you know nothing against the guys who stuck around and played and all that. Like ah. they had a ton of injuries too. Like that was that was part of the problem uh, and part of what got them to that got them to that point. But anyway, so I I was I was as big a Luke Luke Doty uh, proponent as as far as like what what I thought he would be coming out of high school and even went so far as to say like I I thought he was the most talented high school prospect South Carolina had signed in several years. And that included, you know, Ryan Holinsky as a prospect and Jake Bentley and Brandon McElwain and some of those other, those guys. Um, and, and I still feel that way before Spencer Rattler, obviously. Um, but it, he, he just, he's, he's had a, a just kind of some bad luck and timing has just not worked out the way it is. Oh, and Oh, by the way, 2020 being what it was with, you know, guys having to, to leave campus in the spring and couldn't show back up until, you know, midway through August or whatever it was, or late in July. I can't remember exactly. So uh, there, there was a lot of potential for for development that was just lost. Uh, so that set him back. And, you know, this year he has probably not the best spring game, but, I mean, it, it's only a spring game, and uh, there's, there's not a lot that – you want to try to take out of that, especially if guys going out there and playing well. I mean, how many spring game all-stars have you seen over the years playing at South Carolina, JC? I'm, I'm sure there are too many to, to even name. I call it the, the, the spring game MVP is always the winner of the Taki Muhammad Award for me. There you go, the Taki uh, Muhammad Award. Yeah. And Luke, Luke wasn't going to win that. Jason Brown probably kind of won that this year. <laughs> he <longer>. did. <laughs> or, or otherwise, um, then, you know, all, all, I can't, by all accounts, Luke is clearly going to be the guy going into the season. Then he gets his foot stepped on uh, halfway through camp, and 
frankly, he shouldn't, he should not have come back as soon as he did, but he wanted to. And the team was, you know, the staff was, was ready to throw him out there and all parties were consenting. So they did it. And it, it looked okay at times, but other times not so much. And uh, they finally pulled the plug on it and, you know, it, it just bad luck and time, not good, not great timing for him. And, and, uh, you know, Knowing Luke Doty like I do, I, I've known the kid since he was a freshman in high school. Um, I, I don't think he's letting it get him down. I don't think the Spencer Rattler news is going to make him go jump into the portal anytime soon. Um, so I, no. I, I think he's got the ability to stay patient as long as folks watching the program who follow the program can, can do the same. I think everything will be fine at the end of the day. He and Goftier and Braden Davis should be fine. I I do wonder about Jason Brown a little bit. Yeah, you know, just because he's got one more year, you know, and uh, and I do I do think Jason Brown actually, if you look at all the quarterbacks that played this season, I thought he was the best, um, at least the most effective. He led Carolina to their two biggest wins of the year. Um, I, I think that kid does have talent and ability and. Uh, he did graduate from University of South Carolina today. And so if I'm reading the rules correctly, he's got another free transfer because he's now a graduate and you can grad transfer somewhere. Um, and that gives you two, that's two free ones. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and I was talking to a contact tonight and they don't really know what he's going to do, but, you know, obviously I think he'll, you know, finish it out hopefully in the bowl game. Because uh, I don't want to, you know, uh, I, I think he's the best shot at winning the bowl uh, if you're the Gamecocks. But uh, I, I do think it could potentially impact him. Um, you know, then again, sometimes folks surprise me uh, as far as uh, players go and, and, and their decisions, especially quarterback. But, yeah, I think Lou Doty's going to be fine. And I, and I would just encourage fans out there, it's not a – you know, with Rattler being older like he is and Luke is still relatively young, you know, keep in mind it, it, it's going to benefit Luke Doty uh, if, you know, even if, even if this were Max Johnson that came in and started, hell, I, I, I started wondering after Luke went back out with a foot injury and was shut down for the season, I really started uh, wondering uh, if – uh, by chance, you know, he did need one year. Uh, and, and that's when I sort of started thinking, well, maybe they, maybe they should go and look uh, into a portal quarterback or if Jason Brown can do it or, or something like that. You know, just because his development, you know, he hasn't had that full season. You know, you, you play hurt one year, you're kind of at wide receiver and then not as a true freshman during a COVID season that was just crazy. Uh, I think settling in for Luke Doty and – learning the position and, and being the backup and uh, getting ready to take over uh, would do him some good. Uh, Austin Stogner, man. <laughs> and look, I want to, I want to make it clear to everybody out there. I, I like Nick Muse and I, I thought quite frankly, they should have thrown the ball to Nick a little more this year. Uh, I know he was probably a little frustrated by that. Uh, I think he's athletic and I think he's going to get a cup of coffee in the NFL. Uh, as much as I like Nick Muse. <laughs> This Austin Stodner kid, man, I mean, the, these Texas kids play seven-on-seven seven almost all year. You know, this guy is just so skilled and sure-handed. He's like a big wide receiver uh, out there playing tight end. 
Uh, now, this was one that's been rumored for a while. Shane Beamer was his position coach at Oklahoma. Uh, and, wow, you know, pulled the trigger tonight. And, and like I said at the top, uh, hell, they beat Ohio State. I mean, Ohio, it's Ohio, It's like Ohio State, Alabama, those – I mean, that's Georgia. I mean, you win a recruiting battle against those guys, against a kid from the state of Texas where Ohio State recruits and recruits well. Uh, I think that makes a statement – even with Beamer's previously existing relationship. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm responding to contact of mine about something. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so, yeah, we, uh, we, we look at a guy like Stogner and try to, you know, I say we, just I say football fans in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, you just see like this big white dude, 6'6", 250, and be like, oh, George Kittle. Travis Kelsey, but like I think he's bigger than both of those guys. Like height, weight wise, I think he's actually <laughs> got more mass than both of them. I don't, I don't know how fast he is compared to like Kelsey, who who can really run. And um, I, I and I'm I'm not sure what Kittle's numbers are that way, but uh, I mean those are two of the arguably the the top two tight ends in the NFL, and and uh, I, I think this guy has a chance to. You know, if he comes in and produces uh, this year, and and is gone after the <laughs> season's over, I, I I would think that he's going to warrant consideration for a very high round draft pick. I mean, the tight end position is uh, it's got some value in the NFL, and obviously does in this this offense or this this team's <laughs> philosophy. I guess the head coach's philosophy with the position and what he wants it to be within his offense, whoever the coordinator is. Uh, so I, I think he, he's going to come in and have a chance to be heavily featured, uh, used in a lot of different ways, whether he's, you know, in line attached, uh, split out flex moving around, uh, a lot of the things we've seen Nick Muse do, but, uh, he frankly, is just going to be better doing them. I mean, Nick Muse, good player. <laughs> like you said, he probably should have gotten some more touches this year. Uh, maybe he'll get a bunch in the bowl game, but uh, I mean, this guy is kind of an, another level player, and you know, I, I don't want to sit here and say he's more talented than Hayden Hurst, who was a first round draft pick. But I, mean, I was about, I was about to go, I was about, I was about to go there, uh, and I love Hayden more Hurst. Than Hayden Hurst. <laughs> I love Garnet yeah. Thor, uh, but in the passing yeah. game, he's probably a little bit more like I don't know. And, and Hayden, you know, unfortunately for Hayden. Uh, his last season, you know, they they're, they did. Uh, you've heard this story before. He wasn't used that properly. Um, in fact, some people that were on the staff couldn't figure out why, but uh, uh, they kind of made him block the whole time. But um, you know, this this is a different. You, you kind of made the right uh, comparison there. It, it, it's he's like those guys that have gone to Notre Dame uh, over the years. Um. You know, and you said Travis Kelsey, who played at Cincinnati, obviously. And, uh, you know, this is uh, – you know, there was a guy at Notre Dame named Kyle Rudolph uh, a few years back. Mm-hmm. This guy kind of reminds me of. But, he's, you know, these days, these guys at tight end, they can be – sometimes they're faster and bigger. And and, and out of Texas, too, uh, you know, the high schools out there, like I said, they do seven on seven all 365 days a year. Uh, and, and you can get guys with extremely – Extremely good skill. Um, 
you know, Mark Andrews, who played at Oklahoma, is kind of a comparison as well. Uh, I remember when I was uh, doing national recruiting, hell, I went to Arizona, of all places. This is where Mark Andrews was from. He ended up going to Oklahoma uh, and seeing this kid. And he was built a lot like uh, Austin Stogger. Kind of that tall, kind of looks like a power forward almost, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, Mark Andrews had a tremendous career at Oklahoma, and he, he's still killing it with the Ravens. Uh, you know, so that, that kind of guy. And so, man, oh, man, you know, you, you have a target there for him. You know, Josh Van is coming back. Marshawn Lloyd, I talked to a source today. He's in a good place to come back. Don't know about Kevin Harris yet, but you still have Rashad Amos, Jubaju McDowell, Jaheim Bell obviously was – a very, very happy person today. He kind of almost gave it away on Twitter when uh, when we were kind of almost breaking this news or, or something like that. Uh, he kind of uh, alluded to it, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I think that's pretty good. So two big pickups tonight, Stone Blanton earlier today, but Shane Beamer tweeted out three welcome homes. You're speculating. I'll tell you, I think the third one's Xavier Short, who's supposed to announce tomorrow. Uh, but I don't know that for sure. What's your take on who the third welcome home that Beamer tweeted about tonight? Because Beamer clarified, that's four for today. Yeah, that that uh, that would be my um, guess. Informed, speculative guess slash opinion. I'll stop talking. Yeah, I think that's who it's going to be. <laughs> App State, the App State kid who, or App State uh, commitment wide receiver, uh, three star wide receiver, who's kind of as kind of on the board as an H back type sort of thing. Think like Jaheim Bell and, and what we saw him do this season. Um, very similar uh, type of role as, as what they've envisioned for him and pitched to him and, and what they're hoping to get him to come play if he if he flips from App State tomorrow night. Um, and, and a guy who, you know, I mentioned Brian Dunn a little while ago, JC, and, and I was talking to Dunn, um, a little earlier this evening about, about Xavier Short and, uh, and, and he's very high on him. So I, I don't know if we'll necessarily see him get a bump in, in the 24 seven ratings, like what he's rated by 24 seven. But, but I know that, uh, one of our national guys who, who has a voice in that room when it comes time to, uh, to do those ratings uh, is very pro Xavier Short, and I'm I'm looking at his profile now. Twenty four seven, we've got him as an eighty five, rated as an eighty five, and, and I believe when I was talking to Doan, he he mentioned uh, eighty seven was what he his opinion was where, where he thought he should be rated. So so maybe that that will change, and, and he'll get a little bit of a bump at some point, and uh, we could see see Xavier Short if he commits to South Carolina. Um, as a guy who, who ends up with a higher rating at some point down the road, or if he doesn't, then and he stays with App State, and I think he still probably will have a higher rating because because Dunn yeah. thinks that highly of him. And, uh, and App I'm State, with, App State puts people in the NFL too, man. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> and they be Power Five programs uh, on occasion as well. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, exactly. They uh, they they've done pretty well. Uh, here's the thing, you know, and, and I don't get it about composite. And I would hope that someone in the recruiting industry would pick this up. Uh, you know, you've got him 19th in the state behind 
a lot of guys who aren't going to play division one football. <laughs> uh, and that's just kind of the way it works because some guys have, you know, they got early offers and maybe fell off a little bit like a Zan Dunham from Chester, uh, Zach Chalmers from Newberry. I have no idea uh, what's going on there. Um, Xavier Chaplin is going to Virginia tech, obviously, but, uh, you know, I, I, I think, I think in the state this cycle, he's at least a top 15 guy. Uh, and I wouldn't say that if he didn't have a four, four, five, 40 yard dash and like a 40 inch vertical and you watch the guy on film and he's just a, he's just a ball player. And, um, so in my opinion, <laughs> I think, uh, I think he probably needs to be a little higher, but, uh, you know, we'll see what happens there. I mean, they got Jaden McGowan is the number six overall prospect in the state. I know Jaden's really fast, Hale, but you've seen him in person. <laughs> How does he compare size-wise to Xavier Short? Jaden McGowan is not much bigger than I am, if at all. Uh, mm-hmm. he, so much smaller than, than Xavier Short. Now I'm looking at the uh, the rankings, uh, and yeah, it's kind of funny to me that uh, Short's teammate Bennett Galloway, uh, who's a running back committed to NC State, is ranked ahead of him. Not only on twenty four seven, but in the composite offensive lineman named Nick Williams. Same, uh, he's not a chafing guy, but I don't know why he's rated ahead of Xavier Short. Probably say the same thing about Xavier Chaplin and EJ Evett for sure, and Zach Chalmers and Zan Dunneman, who is going to probably play at South Carolina State as a quarterback or maybe linebacker at Hampton. Uh, so yeah, I, <laughs> I, I'm with you that, uh, Xavier Short needs to see a little bump in the, those state rankings for sure. And big Jaden McGowan fan too. I mean, that dude, I mean, he's state champion sprinter in the 100 and 200 and, uh, you know, runs extremely fast, but, uh, but yeah, he, he's 5'8", 170 uh, on a very good day. I think, <laughs> I don't know if he's either one of those numbers, but, uh, Xavier Short is certainly all 6'2", 210 pounds. That dude's rock solid. Yeah, it reminds me a little – kind of like a I, – I don't, I don't know because Pat didn't really test or anything coming out of high school because he was one of the few guys Steve Spurrier uh, – two guys Steve Spurrier recruited by himself the whole time he's at South Carolina. Uh, one was uh, Pat DeMarco and one was Mark, Michael Skarnakia. <laughs> and, uh, and it was just a head, head ball coach. Hey, we're taking this guy. Well, shoot, it's Chris DeMarco's nephew. We're going to our son or whatever, that nephew. And uh, so they took Pat. Pat didn't really test or anything, but, you know, kind of that same size. And I, I, I guess if Pat had tested, he'd probably have tested pretty well in terms of, uh, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, what shorts done, but, uh, yeah, kind of like that kind of guy, H back type, uh, really, uh, looking forward. I mean, you know, I, and I, I think you could have made an argument for him, uh, hail early, but the Gamecocks were really in on Oscar Delp, um, that tight end, you know, they thought they had a really good shot and, and they held off, but, uh, this is the kind of guy I tell people in Xavier short, I'm like, this is the kid that'll go to app state and you're watching app state on a Wednesday night. And you're going, how in the hell did that kid get out of Columbia? <laughs> so I, I think that's pretty uh, uh, pretty good. Okay, so wrapping up here, um, Theo Weiss. You know who I'm talking about? Wheezy. 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 Is his last name Wheezy? 
That's that's. I don't know, but it sounds better than Weiss. I know, definitely, definitely. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, what, what do you? I mean, you know, here here's another name that just sort of has popped up. Uh, a lot of speculation out there. The game guys are getting involved with him now. He hit the portal a while back. He's not a kid I've heard very much about at all. Yeah, I, I don't know that there's been much much going on there with him in South Carolina. I could be totally wrong, but uh, I don't think there's been a ton ton happen but they do need some playmakers on the outside of receivers so yeah i, I, uh, I kind of think uh spencer rattler will probably help a little with that don't you think <laughs> probably so yeah See, it seems like the type and it, it just seems like the type of kid when you when you watch his highlights and, and you watch him play he's, he's the type of kid that uh, i think could, could really uh you know he, he's the type of kid that i think could help draw some some kids in right uh, so that's that's the deal there. All right, Hale. Uh, thanks for joining the Inside the Gamecocks podcast today. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk again this week, man, because it's uh, early signing and uh, Gamecocks are trucking towards a top 15 class on 24-7 sports now uh, in the team rankings. We do have a feature where they include the transfers. Uh, so the Gamecocks have the number five transfer class, the number 16 high school class, number 15 overall. Uh, heck of a job by Shane Beamer and staff. Uh, and just when things were looking really rough last week, this happens. And uh, I have a feeling, Hill, that this this maybe not, but this may have a residual effect to where your job gets a little bit busier than you maybe anticipated in the next forty eight hours. Yeah, uh, I, I I think when I woke up this morning, I I wasn't really. Expecting things to get this nutty, I thought we could just uh, cover Stone Blanton and go watch a little practice, get some VIP room stuff up, and uh, enjoy a nice night on the couch. But uh, silly me, right? <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen over these next couple of days? No, no doubt. <laughs> well, at now. least it's fun again. All right, Hale. Appreciate you joining us, and appreciate all you uh, here on the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. JC Sherbert uh, signing off on an emergency pod. <laughs>